Obviously, there was a couple of transitions in my life where at some point I was just fully dedicated to like business mindset, startups, uh, hackathons, coding, da, 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 all that stuff. And uh, eventually I realized that I like these things, mm -hmm. but it's not what drives me to go every day, right? Loved gaming mm -hmm. all my life. And uh, <laughs> even in school, I remember, so my professor would always get bothered. I would have two monitors and one of them would always have a game on. So I'd be working, doing my assignment and everything, but RuneScape at that time was my favorite game. And I would be on, and it's a grindy game, right? So you can AFK. I think the good content is kind of rare these days, right? right? In fact, in this region specifically, a lot of the stupid videos are what usually gets hit, hits the trend. Yeah. But like the good, really motivational stuff or the let's say the things that kind of give you a good insight or some value from the video, those are actually very rare, right? Hi everybody, welcome to the Dollar Diaries. Today we have a special guest. He's a gamer, influencer, streamer, and most of all, he's a very good friend. I'd like to welcome BB. Abi, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Appreciate you, man. Welcome. Yeah. Our baker. <laughs> How's everything? I'm and good. Gohesh, right? Yes. Gohesh. It's a pleasure to meet you guys. How's How are you doing? I'm doing well. And uh, honestly, thank you guys for hosting me here. I'm really excited for this. And uh, I believe this would be my first financial kind of podcast. Okay. Financial so I'm pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're pretty not like a excited. finance, like a deep finance podcast yeah. where we talk about like investments and all these yeah. things. We just want to like, <laughs> <laughs> what we, I think we focus on is mostly how people, right? General people deal with their money in general. Right? So nothing, not yeah. complex. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not rich, but I spend like I'm rich. That's my biggest problem. So I'm looking forward to yeah, kind you of gotta, discussing that. You got to yeah. do what you have to do. No? Like yeah. You got to, if you want to be rich, you got to spend like that's, that's true. You got to feel <laughs> you gotta like feel a billionaire <laughs> first Fake it before becoming it. a billionaire. It's not, It's less about faking it. It's like more about getting acclimated to the lifestyle. Yeah, feeling it. Feeling it. <laughs> It's like, oh, one dirham, two dirhams, one million dirhams. <laughs> All disappears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit, bit about yourself. How did you, uh, what is your life journey like to reach where you are? So currently I'm uh, working as head of talents and influencer manager for a company in Dubai called Division. Uh, and uh, I'm a content creator for almost nine years now in the region. I'm really excited about this and I love creating content as you guys know and being here again this yeah. is also some sort of content as well and I really enjoy putting information out there you know some people really need to hear things at times and even if I change one person's like life in a day to me that's like a huge success right and uh, I've been enjoying the journey altogether I started uh, with gaming streaming then doing short videos funny videos emo videos I had like that emo arc at some point <laughs> And then like uh, now a little bit more of a podcast style videos, motivational stuff. And yeah, it just keeps going. You know, you got to follow the trends sometimes. So Definitely. yeah. You I remember right when you started streaming, right? Like uh, I think what COVID times. Right? Oh, I yeah. remember 2020 uh, COVID we were streaming and you were like starting with your Twitch streams. And <laughs> yeah. I remember I was there like, I think I was there like for most of your streams. Uh, yeah, I was there. Uh, but when we st when you started right i remember being there for the first couple of times and i saw like the what two views three views and everything <laughs> right how d how did it feel like when you reach like a consistent amount of viewers and followers or did you feel any at any point did you feel demotivated when you don't feel like the work you're putting is getting the recognition so uh obviously i was creating content before streaming before right i was doing like youtube videos and other things but obviously when streaming started uh 
I personally enjoyed streaming. I even started technically streaming before on a platform called You Now, mm. before okay. gaming was even a thing, and Twitch was still like so obsolete at that okay. time. And uh, when I started Twitch, I knew for a fact that I wouldn't get uh, the views in the beginning, but that was my strategy all along. I was acting as if I had hundreds of viewers, even though I did not have it. And even if I had some days, I had zero mm. viewers. Like some people would come and say hi and just leave, and I would have like moments where no one's watching me, but I would still act as if someone. I would literally talk to them as if like, and I'd pretend in my head I'm like, oh, he's asking a question. Let me answer it, you know. And you gotta live it that way because eventually you create vods of these things and highlights, and you can use it for other content, right? Uh, something that you need to kind of consider always as a content creator is you want to recycle content as much as possible okay. and that saves you time and you know you got to put it on different platform and I'm not saying just go and copy paste your strategy right every platform has different things what you put on YouTube shouldn't be the same as what you put on TikTok Instagram Facebook etc etc but you gotta like you don't have to recreate every single content sometimes one video could get you enough for all the platforms right and I think that's what kind of motivated me in the beginning so no, I wasn't demotivated, but I've always tried to see where I can fix things and I work towards that until, alhamdulillah, I was able to get a decent amount of viewers all the time. How did your... Um, so you've done a lot of hackathons. You've oh, been... Uh, we we named, saw that article, right? The hackathon when my king. brain was working. <laughs> you've been named point. the hack hackathon king. How did that sort of... Um, uh, how do you sort of correlate your hackathon experiences and your... Um, experience as a, as a con uh, content creator. So funny thing is a lot of people who knew me at different phases in my life don't know this. So I obviously graduated uh, as a game developer, computer scientist. And for some time I was just like all tech and starty startups, all that stuff. And a lot of people don't know that about me because they caught me in my gaming phase and stuff. So obviously there was a couple of transitions in my life where at some point I was just fully dedicated to like business mindset, startups, uh, hackathons, coding, da, 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 all that stuff. And uh, eventually I realized that I like these things, mm -hmm. but it's not what drives me to go every day, right? I believe gaming in per se was the one that really kind of pushes me all the time. And it's not just gaming as well. It's like being able to build something in the society through gaming, right? And this is why I started creating content for gaming. I'm working currently in a gaming company, as you know. And uh, it's that transition that kind of helped me because I believe... What you do doesn't go to waste. So obviously my coding background really helps me at my job sometimes and like throughout my daily routine life as well. Sometimes like today, for example, I was editing something and I've never touched an editing software and I just like fiddled around a little bit. But yeah. my coding or my tech savvy experience helped me to kind of manage things around. And I literally was able to manage and edit something in a matter of like half an hour. But um, I believe that eventually you will get to what you want as long as you're working hard you're really putting the effort and you have the intention of just becoming better every single day even this year i started something called the one percent better every day and basically what i do is i post uh, an advice right or just like a tip of the day where you just improve your life by one percent daily by the end of the year that's already 300 percent, which is pretty cool yeah. something like for example you use this app to remind you to drink water use this app to track your fitness use this app to fix your calendar, th things like that, you know, and you just got to do it every day. And I try to stick to most of them. Sometimes you do fall short, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. As a, now, you are a gamer in heart, right? Of course. Right? How, what pushed you to be that, right? Regarding all, you've tried so many different things, experimented. When did you know that gaming is what you want to do? Since forever. I mean, I've loved gaming mm -hmm. all my life. 
and uh, <laughs> even in school i remember so my professor would always get bothered i would have two monitors and one of them would always have a game on so i'd be working doing my assignment and everything but runescape at that time was my favorite game and i would be on and it's a grindy game right so you can afk if you know that concept yeah. mm-hmm. so i can like press a button it will do the thing and okay. i'll be working right and my professor eventually just gave up on me he's like well he has the game on he's working he might as well yeah. so i would literally have the games on all the time and even me joining university so i joined the university of wollongong a big shout out to them and uh, basically i enjoyed that degree because it had to do with gaming right i, j- I didn't just want to become a coder or programmer I enjoyed, you know, using Unity, Unreal, learning how the game concept work, game mechanics, game design. So that was something really exciting for me at that time. So this is a very being a gamer over here, as especially in Dubai, right? Or at least when you started, it's a little obscure profession, right? It's not your standard profession like a finance. It's a very person, tough job, yeah. right? Definitely. How did you navigate that, right? How did you figure out that there is a market for this? How did you figure out how to make money out of this? How do you uh figure out that this is a career choice rather than a hobby or a passion so i didn't care at that time which is <laughs> what kind of made it easy right yeah it was i remember at that time i was going to join another university and i was like i was like on the browser i was like look oh okay 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 and you know the ads on google mm-hmm. always go towards what you're searching for and i saw this ad about university of longan they had like gaming tree at that time i was like gaming yalla let's go eh. <laughs> and i remember they even had requirements i'm like i don't care let's just do it and i joined right and at that time it didn't matter to me it was like khalas i like tech i like gaming best thing to do and as i grow i realize that i don't like coding as much it's not okay. i mean i like it but it's not something i want to do all day like i don't want to just sit and code code right. code 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 right and at that time i realized that i can do other things so i remember i did my first accounting subject and i'm like oh balance sheets income <laughs> statements oh obviously you guys are experts to do these things are like simple but to me like a balance experts. sheet made so much it's like oh my assets my liabilities oh you know <laughs> some magic going on yeah. right and this is where i realized i need to start budgeting i need to like start paying attention to what i'm paying and i was always kind of not the crazy kind of person who spends a lot but at that time i realized that i can actually make it much more better so what i do right now is i have a app i used to use an app called expense manager for okay. like most of my life but then as i grew up i got a more professional app it's just called wallet okay. and what it does it kind of categorizes all your spendings it uh, and you can even connect it to your bank which is pretty cool and basically like categorizes so i know how much i spent for food this month how much i spent for transportation for engagement blah blah for social media and i know exactly where i spend things and you know i can even compare it i have like the quarterly uh, analysis the yearly analysis i know exactly what i'm spending on where i should improve where i should uh, like uh, reduce Uh, also investment became a big part of my life especially in covid so i started doing crypto Learn, luckily for me nowadays crypto is not doing so well so i kind of on the loss right now but i made so much money when covid was a thing like i invested in luna chiba and all those good stuff nowadays there's always good chances but i'm i'm not putting that much effort into it so i moved maybe towards stocks and like you know the big 500 yeah. so i'm just putting like these stocks and there just because i want it for the long term and you know i realized that eventually as long as you're making your money work for you and you know your money is generating more money for you for and sure. you know what you're doing i guess that's what uh, kind of settles things easy for you so crypto is a very interesting topic right <clears throat> especially when you take it in consideration with gaming we see a lot of correlation where blockchain technology and gaming has Pay to earn games all the time yeah. right yeah you have nft characters that you can unlock and a lot of companies like you, i'm not sure uh, one of these developers right uh, 
I forgot who it is. They launched like an NFT platform, and nobody, Binance? not Binance. It was uh, one of the game developers. I think. There's a lot. Uh, yeah. there, there's uh, Infinity Access. Yes, yes, uh, Infinity. Right. What are your thoughts about that? How do you feel about it? Do you think it's a valuable investment, so, or do you think it's a like everything? I think it's just a trend, right? So mm. NFTs were massive last year, right? Just because all the celebrities were buying from them, uh, you know, crazy things were happening characters and stuff and you know people were very creative right even i i worked a bit closely with a company here that used to use nfts and you can buy things with crypto and basically you play the game and stuff and then i worked for another company that fully utilized uh, the crypto uh, let's say technology right so basically they get money from people playing using the processing power and then they make money and they put it into tournaments where the players can make it it was pretty cool concept right and again people kept utilizing it and you know I, i believe in general technology and the people working in technology are very creative they can come up with interesting things but at the end of the day and unfortunately it's all about demand right so if there's no trend if there's no not if not there's nothing that drives the audience or the market to kind of keep going with your technology or with your product or with your service then i don't think you can last a lot so it's always you coming up with new ideas to kind of keep it relevant keep it authentic keep it uh, relatable to the audience and uh, If it doesn't, then it slowly starts dying out. And yeah. that kind of applies to everything as well, not just to crypto. So yeah. even me, you know, I, the reason I change a lot and I pivot a lot from my content is because I try to keep things relatable. And I see what's really going and what's really hitting the people. And I try to kind of maneuver for that. Right. And uh, now you see there's, an, there's a new wave for AI as well, right? So how would you say that you've utilized AI in, uh, in your um, <laughs> day-to-day life? Day-to-day life? Uh, so ChatGPT writes my reports all the time, wow. which is pretty cool. It's like ChatGPT <laughs> rephrase, you know. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of good tools. Uh, even with designing, I, I like a lot of the Adobe features. I'm starting yeah. to use a lot. Yeah. That ones where they finish your picture and the ones where they can generate things. Yeah. It was much easier because back in the day I would have to call a designer. Hey, can you do this one? I remember even calling you yeah. for one thing at some point. I was like, I need this. I need this. I need that. And you made my panels for Twitch. Oh, the, I, I, I don't remember it. Yeah. So this lovely guy, he created my first panels for Twitch, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, at that time, yeah, you had to call the designer, explain it to him literally, and you have to like tell him what to do, especially if he doesn't know that specific industry or product. And you have to like literally spoon food him, tell him exactly what to do, how to do it. And then, you know, he'll give you first review, second review, look at it, no, change this, change that. But nowadays, it's just like a button, kind of explain it thoroughly to the AI or like, let's say the bot. And immediately you get really impressive results, which is yeah. surprising, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. I even tried a couple of tools like Kaber and uh, Looney Tool AI, something like that, where they create uh, animated videos and, mm. you know, those switchy ones. Again, trendy stuff. And it was pretty cool. Like, I was so impressed with the results, honestly. That's an impressive thing, right? Like, all these things are slowly... Uh, what do you say, replicating what humans used to do, reducing the time and everything. But as a content creator, do you not feel like that is an ex- existential threat for you? Because if some, if I can code in a bot to do streaming and everything, that entertains people. At the end of the day, whether you like it or not, be, your content has to entertain or add value to constantly uh, keep your audience, right? In In the case of AI and all these technologies, if it can do it better, more efficiently and faster than you, Wouldn't you say that's a huge threat for you? Not really, because, I mean, throughout 
the years and throughout my life, everyone knew that eventually robots will take over, right? Yeah. Whether it was AI or actual machines, right? And eventually we're going to be seeing little machines doing things around. I'm waiting for the guy to, like the robot, flipping my burgers. That would be cool. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we've seen this coming, right? And it will just keep improving there and there. But again, it's always about trends. So AI existed long ago, right? Yeah. And I don't think the AI that's really happening is AI. Yeah. It's just a matter of the machine learning better. So they started using neural... Uh, neural uh, networks. Yeah, neural networks yeah. better than mm. before, right? Mm. So that kind of existed already. It was just, it wasn't trendy enough or it wasn't commercial enough for everyone to start using it just because chat GPT became a thing and suddenly AI, 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 yeah, right? Yeah. And started going big. But I mean... For me, I still believe humans are more relatable and more authentic. So no matter how machines, as no matter how much machines advance or AI advances, humans will always need to have an input, right? So not necessarily, I don't think uh, it affects me in any way possible, but I feel like it would affect me if I'm not following those trends. True. So I need to also adapt with the AI. But also, you know, content is abundant. You know, any there, there can be N number of content creators just because AI steps in doesn't mean you would be redundant because people would still watch you. People would definitely, you know, there are mul- there are so many people who would say watch AI creators and they would wa- love watching you as well. So there would there would always be um, different creators and maybe AI creators as well. No, you see know? that is fair, right? Like yeah. you take you leave gaming aside right a good example is the music industry yeah right? uh, i'm not sure what the name is there is that one anime girl that just dances around <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the name oh is yeah like. i know Hero what you're talking something. about yeah, yeah right yeah. there is that and there's taylor swift right whether you like taylor swift or not doing bangbusters and like all the ticket sales and everything Definitely. at the same time this anime character is also doing very huge right so if you're comparing the anime character to Taylor Swift, you'll say Taylor Swift's more relatable. Yeah. But if you're comparing the anime character to an indie artist who's just coming up, his or her pie is going to be very small in Definitely. terms of, right, right? So that is what I mean when it's probably going to be a threat for you. Maybe it's not a threat for you immediately. Inshallah, you become bigger by the time it becomes a threat. But what happens to the people who want to follow your footsteps? Again, like I said, it's just a matter. You said there's a lot of people who create content or there's an abundance of content, right? But it, I actually disagree. I think the good content is kind of rare these days, right? right? In fact, in this region specifically, a lot of the stupid videos are what usually gets hit tr- hits the trend. Yeah. But like the good, really motivational stuff or the let's say the things that kind of give you a good insight or some value from the video, those are actually very rare, right? And I believe AI, if it starts following these silly trends, then it would just end up the same way, right? True. So I don't think it's, again, it's, I don't think it's a matter of per se. It's just a matter of how you can use it. Because I can, I can, I put AI a lot, so I use it for my subtitles. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I used to actually sit and type every oh, yeah. single word yeah. that I use. Now it's just a matter of button, all generated. I use my AI for like color grading, yeah. uh, for some edits on the videos. I, again, sometimes it completes my videos. So again, I feel like I'm already including AI. So it's not a, it's not a matter of me against it. It's me with it, mm. right? Right. That is an interesting thing, right? Like content abundance of content and is there good content right i think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that there is no automation yet properly do do content right if there was automation maybe the value of content being produced could also be significantly higher i hope so right but now if you think about it there is like two people you know sitting with the mic the one guy will be like give me 10000 dirhams and do a dubai dirham i will give you 40000 egyptian what is it egyptian reals pounds, uh, pounds egyptian pounds immediate 30% jump concerning 
right? <laughs> Shout out to Sean. I love the guy. And Fahad. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's not a bad thing or anything, but the reason why people do that clickbaity or a a very quick short video is that one, it converts. Two, it's a lot easier to make. Like on a scale perspective, it's a lot easier to make those many content compared to sitting in a one hour, two hour podcast and talking about intricate things and things, right? So wouldn't you say if AI was there and you could generate these things, a lot of people would more put a lot more thought into what the content of the video is or content of the content production is rather than producing something that clicks. That's what I hope, right? Again, we don't know. Some people are genuinely stupid. You say <laughs> people say no one's stupid. I think there are actual stupid people. Yeah. But yeah, I just I think it just depends on what their goal of the content is. Like what you guys are doing, you're trying to do something with value, right? Mm. And even though it takes some time to put the settings and the cameras and stuff, you still have some value going on. And I think even if you have the AI generated, even if you have a better tool, if you have like hundreds and millions of employees working in your team, I think that value still exists because it's deep within you, right? But I think if you guys are doing something silly, even if you have all that, you'd still do something silly, yeah. right? I think it's just a matter of the intention at the end of the day. Yeah, that is a fair. Like an AI, would, I would say, is a tool. I don't think it's a entity that we compete with. I think it's just a tool that you can really utilize to do something good. But at the end of the day, it's what really works here, right? No, to be fair, we use AI in our editing, right? Adi over here cuts all the videos using AI, does the subtitling with AI. Right? <laughs> One, is, is that the right way to do at the moment? Yes, because right, it makes things easier, Fast. make things faster. Right? We are out able to churn content a lot more quicker. Even though we sit here and produce this for 20, 30 minutes, the, what comes at the end of the output really matters. So in that case, yes, it makes sense now. But how long will it make sense is a, is a question that I don't think anybody really yeah. knows the answer for. It, again, we'll just right? have to It would be very see. foolish to say that this is what's going to happen. Definitely. Right? And the, one other thing, right? You're also an influencer, right? What is that industry like in the UAE? So I hate the word influencer because I just influence myself to say. <laughs> so I like the word creator, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, the industry is very competitive, mm. especially with like uh, the advertisements and, uh, you know, like just putting content that's branded, right? Mm. Uh, it's like you have all these guys trying to do the same thing you're doing and they all want brand deals, they all want sponsors, they all want all that things. And uh, luckily for me, I kind of found a good strategy where I get a lot of content and... Uh, I kind of don't like it too much because at some point my page became all branded. Mm. But I, at the same time, even my branded stuff, I keep them more entertaining and relatable, right? So my videos are always out of the box kind of thing. And yeah, I think it's just very competitive and you just got to keep following the hype, following the trends, following what people feel authentic. And at the same time, have, that, have your touch in those videos, right? Because you don't want to just imitate and copy. A lot of people just do that and they really don't stand out. You just, mm. like, if a person, all his videos are just trendy stuff, but, like, he's just copying, 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 copying. People are going to get bored and just, you know, in fact, at some point, I used to follow someone like that and I would just go to his page to find the original videos, right? It was just a gateway to the original mm. videos, right? So you want to add your touch and that's what kind of clicks with people, you know? It's like, oh, interesting. I want to see more of this guy. Oh, he's creative. Let me see what other stuff he's been doing. Right. Being a creator, right? as you said, like not as instead of an influencer, what is the, what is this, what is the end goal, right? What happens when you're say, ready to hang down your cap and say that I'm 
than creating? What <laughs> that, is the plan? That's a very good question. Honestly, right? because a good part of it, right? Like I work with startups and things, right? I work with a startup. I always been into startup. We met at a startup competition, Definitely. right? Whenever we talk about a startup or a business of that sort, we say like it has to scale, and when it scales, it has to kind of run on its own. But if your entire career is based on your image and your perception and your brand image, how does it scale? AI cloning, obviously. <laughs> so that's a very good question, honestly. And um, my two brain cells haven't thought that far, unfortunately. <laughs> But my end goal is to basically kind of build a brand, right? Mm. And uh, you're kind of a bit inaccurate with the with what you're saying that my face is my whole career because I can still use my name on other things, right? Mm. So one of my goals is to create different companies for different industries, right? So I can have my name on like a comic book. I can have my name on a game. I can have my name on like a a bank right mm. uh, on like on a platform on a website and all those would still be under my name without me having to be there for them or just putting a little effort onto them so i think it's the brand name that counts you know like nowadays you see colors of big brands and you need to know them you don't have to even see the logo you don't even have to see like the name yeah. so i kind of want to build that that's my end goal and i feel like any creator would have the same goal as well that they want to grow and obviously with all this comes the fact that i want to provide value to people you know like i said for me when i do content i genuinely want people to kind of see that content relate to something feel better learn something uh, try to motivate them in some way or another so if that happens on a daily basis even to one person to me that's a huge success right because that person creates a relationship online or whether it was online or not right but you create a relationship oh i learned something i want to see more of that guy i want to engage with this person i want to interact with his content i want to be there when he creates something i want to be the first to watch his stuff so you kind of create that relationship and the more you maintain it and the more you grow it just like any other relationship the more you can create the better community and a bigger place for you to kind of spread your word spread your value across are you um one man team or do you have people <laughs> so i have faisal alqadra my man okay. he's my videographer photographer editor the annoying guy who bothers me <laughs> all the time so he's everything he's yeah. the guy who helps me on almost everything yeah. and yeah he's been there for me since the beginning and i love the guy he's more on the let's say technical side of things because i suck at creating content and editing like literally i don't know it's the only problem with me so i know how to code but i don't know how to edit i don't have that creative mind unfortunately but uh, in terms of ideas and stuff even though he helps me a lot usually it's my ideas my content and i'm usually the face that's it yeah. but yeah and he's also a content creator which helps a lot right? right and he knows how i do things and uh, you know it's always good when you have someone who tried both sides and it's always good because like you'll understand what to do how to do it if you just bring a photographer who has never done content it just do what normal photographers would do but if you bring someone who's tried both he has a whole different perspective right and that applies to when i was doing gaming because i was a gamer and now i work behind the scenes it's very easy to me to understand how gamers look and then how business people feel mm. and kind of connect both you know you kind of become the bridge in between and that helps you a lot to even grow with both sides of the coin right yeah so i i kind of have a question for you guys since you're the finance experts what do you guys think gaming should be allocated in like you know in just general budget for a country or for a company as we know gaming is kind of really growing in the industry do you guys think that finance should potentially have assets for this as well like i remember now most gaming stuff go under like 
entertainment or leisure, but then it would become an actual, let's say, category. So gaming is a thing, mm-hmm. uh, gaming budget, gaming stuff. And I'm not just talking about gaming, I'm talking in general. Yeah. Like PwC making a whole gaming allocation okay. for their budgets. Look, I, I think it has to do with how one thing is the market size things of it, right? What is your total addressable market? It's a very important question, right? If you look at your entire total addressable market, it's coming from like few small players. You have your EA, mm-hmm. you have your, uh, what are the other, their key five, Riot Games, six. Epic Games, Tencent. Yes, da-da-da, and da-da-da. Epic Games, Tencent is a huge company in this process right now, right? So for it to be a separate asset class or to be categorized, their stocks to be categorized as a separate category on its own or for people to take it a little bit more seriously, very important thing, is that more people have to come in and set up companies Definitely, in that, yeah. right? And gaming's not an industry, especially, especially game development is not an industry where people can easily come up and set up shop, right? It's a very high extent. High barriers to entry. High barriers Definitely. to entry, right? A lot of capital requirement, a lot of effort. You don't even know if your game's going to work or not, right? Uh, you have, if you see on Steam and stuff, you have a lot of indie games and everything. These creators create one game, two games, and then... They don't have enough money to shut down, <laughs> right? So on an institutional level, right? If you go for your company, right? Any startup away from gaming, you go there, you raise money from VCs, you raise money from angels, you raise a little bit of money here and there. Uh, when it comes to gaming, people don't really see the value of that industry, right? People would go for like a two-hour conversation about how you gamify your process, but don't think gaming itself is a good enough product, right? So... Unless and until the monopoly of these big few companies, right, your EAs, your Tencents and all these things kind of broken up by smaller players, I don't think it will happen, right? So strategically, from a country's perspective, you have to have certain legislation. Uh, these legislations kind of make sense for your countries like US and uh, Europe, where a lot of the game development centers are, mm-hmm. right? Maybe your China because of Tencent. But if it's a country like UAE who don't really produce as many games, it's going to be a hard thing to set up an agenda for and it's hard to set up a, a sort of a schedule for, right? So if you ask me, this has to happen organically in countries like UAE, but if in US and Europe and maybe even China, it has to be a, you know, a, a very streamlined a process with agenda, goals and objectives to improve this uh, industry, especially US, right? US has a lot of people who mm. want to develop games who just don't have the <laughs> funding to do it. So that is, in my opinion, if it has to be a separate category, more players have to enter the market. You're actually right. And just so you know, Abu Dhabi and Dubai in general are putting a lot of, let's say, funds into gaming these days. So you have Abu Dhabi Gaming, which is a massive entity, mm. and they're really pushing any startup that's doing it. And we actually have a decent big community for game developers right now, which is pretty cool. And then Dubai Economy mm. and a couple of other entities in Dubai are kind of really pushing the gaming scene as well in terms of like uh, events, development, and definitely cosplaying and the other aspects of gaming as well. I think largely these are very good initiatives, right? It's a very good initiative. But to catch up to the number of people... I mean, they're still small. US, yeah, they're In the US, it's going to take a while, right? That's One, true. due to population. Two, the lack of maturity lack of liquidity in the market right if you take it not just your gaming per se right if you take any local company right like say for example you take salik right their shares are in the market and you take a very you take any company in the u.s stock market right you'll see the prices moving a lot more Definitely. frequently 
you'll see the prices have uh, a lot more impact on the company's announcements. But if you see Salik, there's a barely any movement, right? That has to do with, again, everything has to do with how many participants are in mm -hmm. the market, right? And for gaming, I don't think it's going to happen very soon in this thing. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But that's a very good insight. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed listening to that. Speak <laughs> Speaking of cosplaying, right? You, I've seen your cosplays and stuff. What is the process behind it? What? How do you choose your character? You're also an ambassador for Comic-Con. Oh, yes. <laughs> for the third year now. Uh, do do we get free con. tickets? <laughs> you have to win the giveaway. <laughs> just kidding. God. Just talk to me after. <laughs> All right. So how do you what is your thought process behind cosplaying and everything so for me <laughs> if you ask me i'm a i'm not a shy person but i also think twice do i want to look like fucking spider-man yes it's <laughs> <laughs> so like <a> spider <laughs> i actually wanted to do a spider-man with a belly just for laughs. there was the spider-man in uh, the new movie right like the Sp into the spoiler where he had a spoiler spoiler spoiler. Alert. <laughs> i think you looked sexy huh? like belly <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's not much of a process for me specifically, right? Usually a cosplayer would think a lot. Uh, a lot of them would sit and craft their own cosplay. And obviously there's so much work and thought that goes into it. I'm more of a casual cosplayer than like a competitive cosplayer or a professional cosplayer. I'm more of like, hmm, this character looks nice. Do you think it would look good on me? And then I try it. If it fits, perfect. <laughs> if it doesn't, oh, I have to choose another one, right? So I have a couple of cosplays coming up. One of them is Ash Ketchum from Pokemon, uh, Goku from Dragon Ball Z. I really want to do Majin Buu, but his cosplay is hard. And a couple of other characters. So I have uh, Euro from Valorant, uh, Phoenix as well from Valorant. So uh, I don't have much of a thought. It's mainly any character that I've related to or I've played the game with or I've watched the anime. And if I like that character, uh, I like it, you know? So I remember one day I was going to a small mini event, right? And I wanted to wear a Harry Potter cosplay. I was literally on my way to the place. And I was like, I'm buying Harry Potter. I'm buying Harry Potter. And as I go into the place, I see Ken, which is Street Fighter, right? Mm. And I was like, mm, this is nice. Let me take it. I fit it and it was perfectly fitting for me. And I literally changed my whole idea. And then I end up doing Harry Potter later, right? But uh, yeah, it's more of like, I saw that cosplay. I liked it and stuff. Will I ever be crafting my own cosplay? I don't think so. I think it's too much of an effort for me to put that. Unless if I start taking cosplay seriously. But for now, I'm just a casual cosplayer. I buy my outfits. I enjoy wearing them. Uh, and yeah, that's What it's, is it's the fun. industry like if you want to be a professional cosplayer? Well, you have to spend a lot. Uh, okay. And these guys create a lot. Like I have a friend who participated. Faisal, my videographer, right? So he started getting into cosplay and surprisingly he's very good at it for a guy who's just started professionally for like a year. So obviously you have to build everything from scratch, which means like every single prop, even like the spikes and stuff, you have to sit and do them. And I know like when they start talking, it's like, oh, this is glue, this is uh, whatever, aluminum foil, uh, whatever. And they start like all these words and I'm like, it's insane the way they think about it. And some of them sit and do their cosplays for like two, three months before a con. That's oh, wow. insane. Because you know, they have to do it, dry it, and each yeah. some parts take forever as well. So like, if you wanna, if, if, let's say you wanna do like a sword, right? So you have to do this part and then wait for it to dry, and then do this part and wait for it to dry, and then put them together. And then there's like a whole, and then you have to paint and wait for that to paint to finish. So some things take a lot of time. And it just general, and I've seen cosplays where they put LED lights and some of them are mechanical where some parts are moving. So even that sits and like they have to try it, wor works once, works twice doesn't fail i mean fails and then they have to do it again 
and they have to test it, make sure, and especially for competitions, they have to make sure that their cosplay is kind of fitting and okay. working. So again, too much effort. I don't think I'll ever, I don't have the time or energy to put it uh, into cosplay. But uh, I mean, I, I enjoy it as a as a whole. Yeah. Bibi, is there any place that people can find you at? So B I B I Z U M O T. That's my socials on everything, uh, literally everything. And my only fans is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So B I B I Z U M O T. Bibi Zumut. And yeah. Follow All right. Me. Thank you for joining us. I had, we had a wonderful conversation. Uh, thank you for having me, and yeah. honestly, it was lovely seeing both of you. All right. Cut. <laughs>